I feel like God has a message for, for us. He, he, he spoke to me probably about a month and a bit ago, and he gave me a sentence, which it doesn't usually happen like that. But the sentence was, it was, blood is shed when taking ground. And it's such a, it, it, he just gave me that sentence. And, and it's been such a process for me of actually, where do I go with that sentence? What do you really want me to speak on? And I've been, I went off in different directions and I was thinking of doing the power of the blood and, and I felt God draw me into um, talking about the battles of life. And as part of that, the, the sermon title is, what does Jesus say about the battles of life? And I think the metaphor red resonates with everybody. There are things that we have to go through as Christians. There are things in our life which we are going to have to battle. There are battles that are coming against us. There's battles that we need to stand our ground in, um, both personal and spiritual. And I feel like God wants to equip us a little bit in this time through these. So Charles Spurgeon, who was a great 19th century preacher, really theologically sound, and he said... Battles come against us from prim primary th primarily three sources, and it's from the world, the reality of we, us living in this broken, broken world where there's pressures, there's norms, there's culture that come against us, and, and we actually have to fight as Christians. Then it's also we, battles come against us from ourselves. It's our natural leaning towards sin. It's the flesh versus the spirit. It's, it's stuff that we've got to get right in our lives and battle against. And then lastly, he says it comes from the devil, Satan. And there's, there are things that are going to come. And that's the primary reason that Jesus came to earth is to disarm the devil. It's to take back the keys, give us the keys, give us the authority so that we can live in a place of victory over some of the stuff that's going to come against us from him. And it's really, he's just, he's just taken away the power of the prince of the world who had it at that time. And he's handed it back to his people through his presence. So I want to talk a little bit on on where we have to go and what we have to do and how we can stand in a place um, where we can fight. In Joshua 16, this is Jesus talking. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And my question to you is, what kind of battles are you facing right now? What What are the things in your life which God is calling you to battle? What are the stuff that you are struggling with, your troubles, your mountains, the strongholds in your life? What are the things that you are in a current battle with now? And we all have stuff in our lives. We are all going through it. We're either in it at the moment or we've just come out of it or we're heading into it. It's the reality of Christian life and, and life in general is that we are going to have to battle against things in order to be victorious in our life. And what is the thing which is where you are at at the moment? Is it a health issue? Is it a financial issue? Is it a family issue? Is it a relational issue? There are so many things which, which come against us. And it could even be an emotional issue. It could be there's depression, fear, anxiety. Then every day it feels like you're constantly battling that. It's like all of your energy ta is taken just fighting that off. 
Or it could be another big one is grief. You've lost someone so close to you that you've lost someone in your life and the pain is almost unbearable and it's, you, you're almost fighting back the tears, fighting back the emptiness of that loss. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying there are things in this world that are going to take the wind out of your sails. There are things in the world which are going to be tough and we're going to have to battle and we're going to have to walk through. But here's the thing. In Romans 8... Paul tells us, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And to conquer in life means to have an overwhelming victory. It means that the opposition didn't even put up a fight. It was too easy. It was so easy. It was like a soccer game, which is 25-0. There was really like, it wasn't a competition. And that is what the reality of what Paul is talking about. And how much of our lives is that reality? And it's, it's very difficult. I mean, who in this room can say that actually we live from that place? And it's, it's really difficult to understand what Paul's meaning in this sometimes because actually that has no representation of what I'm walking through. So I want to just unpack that a little bit. What does God say about this? And I felt God say to me, actually, if we are going to start fighting some of these things. We need to learn how to fight. And more than learn how to fight, the most important thing is that we are willing to fight. You see, if, if we're talking about conquering, it means we're in a battle, and it means that in that battle we have to fight, and it means in that battle we can have victory if we fight. Because that's what, that's, that's, that's what conquering is. And we need to be willing to fight for our marriages. We need to be willing to fight for our families. We need to be willing to fight for our purity. We need to be willing to fight for our friends and our family. But on top of all of that, and what I really want to speak on today, is, is we need to be willing for, to fight for the kingdom of God to come into this place. We need to be willing to fight for the things of God in this space, in this time, in our lives. Because God has given us, given us the authority. He's given us this thing that we can take, equip ourselves, and we need to be willing to fight for God's great commission. Because if we're willing to fight for that, that is the most important thing. That is the thing which lasts longer than the this, than this small point in time that we're living on this earth. I love what John said. He spoke about eternity. And actually, if we have an eternity mindset... It's going to go beyond what we're currently walking through. It's just a, it's a flicker of time that we're living in now compared to the never-endingness of eternity. And if we can have that perspective, we start living a different life. We start living a different focus, and we start, we start becoming willing to fight for our calling and our purpose as the most important thing. Start to be willing to fight for the things of God, which is going to have the biggest impact in our lives at this time. So learning how to fight has some foundational stuff that we really need to know. And I felt like where I needed to start was go back to that sentence, blood is shed when taking ground. And God obviously... I got, I got the, that I got that sentence, and actually, when it, when I looked at it, I was like, 
blood has been shed so that we can take ground. And that's the reality of where we sit. There's a redemption through the blood of Christ. There's a redemption through what God has done already. And we should all know that, but actually, do we know it? Hebrews 9 says, But when Christ came as a high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. And that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by the means of bloods of by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifer sprinkled on those who ceremonially unclean sanctify them, so they are outwardly clean. How much more then? Will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse your consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? And Jesus, and this is the work of the Jesus. Israel had to go through all these sacrifices and things to get a temporary covering so that God's presence could, could live with them. We live now in a place where Jesus has done that permanently. If we are in Christ, we have this access, we have this way to God that, that we can live in and we can stand on. And if we can stand on it, we need to know that actually I'm standing in Christ and I can be effective for him out of this place. It's, it's the foundation. If we don't have that, we start doing things for God out of a place of, okay, I need to do things in order to get to God. No, we stand in a place where we're at right now. I'm in Christ. I have the authority. I have the power through him so that I can stand in this place and I can speak things out and bring life to other people, life to, life to the outward world, and we can break strongholds in people's lives. And that's where we work from. We don't work out of a place of striving to get right with God. We are right with God right in this instant now. Um, so if we have that mindset, if we, if we can have that security and that confidence that I am in God, I am loved in God, it, change, it should change our focus. We start focusing on our purpose and not our problems. We start focusing on the things of God and we start entering into the greatest fight in the world. And that's for God's purpose to be done on this earth. It's for God's purpose to be done in my life and and you you almost get to a point where you start saying oh lord use me i'm a vessel for you i uh, my greatest calling is to be a vessel for you my greatest calling is for you to use a simple imperfect person like me and that's where we start relying on jesus's blood who's done it all for us to make us clean to make us perfect so that we can do things for god and it's really i love what it says in romans 8 he says, this is Paul speaking, and this is just prior to what he was saying about conquering. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. 
And when you think about when he's talking, this is Paul talking in Romans, which means he's writing this letter. He's an old man now. He's pretty much lost everything that he had. He, he's lost his freedom. He's in jail. He's awaiting execution. He's lost his family. He's lost his, his he's away from He's away from his friends. He's locked up to a guard 24 hours a day. He's in terrible conditions. And yet, from this place, from that place where he's writing it, he says, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And if we understand the context of that, it's powerful. He's saying, despite the trouble I'm walking through, despite the things which have come against me, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus because I am focused on my purpose for God instead of, instead of my situation and the current things that I'm dealing with. And is it easy? Of course it's not easy. This is, this, is, this is Paul writing in Philippians. He says, For what is life? To live is Christ, to die is gain. If by continuing to live I can do more worthwhile work, then I'm not sure which I should choose. I am pulled in two directions. I want very much to leave this life and be with Christ, which is a far better thing. But for your sake, it is much more important that I remain alive. I'm sure of this. And so I know that I will stay. I will stay on with you all to add to your progress and your faith. And here he is. He's staying true to his purpose. But... He is being pulled in two directions. He's talking so plainly and openly. He's saying, actually, to die is gain. To die in this situation would be, to, would be a gain, would be to, to be reunited with Jesus, which is always the greater. But he knows that he has a purpose on this earth. He's choosing to follow the purposes of God and not choose the, the easy way out. He's choosing to follow God in the situation despite his troubles, despite the brokenness of his life. He is saying, I am, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus because I'm choosing his purposes. And it's not just his purpose. It's not just us individuals. It's the purpose of the church. I once read, while well, I was reading, as it says, Oh, church, you exist for yourselves as much as Christ existed for himself. And it's so true. Why did Christ come? He, he didn't come for himself. His whole life was an offering of service to God. His whole life was about service, about outward, about people, about, about the things of God, about the kingdom of God. He says, I'll, I do nothing that I don't hear and see my father do and, and tell me to do. And that's the relationship. If we can get a glimpse of that oh, wow, we are in a place where we are going to start taking ground and start moving forward in these things. And I love what Mike Altringham spoke on. He spoke on the purpose of the church, and he spoke about us being an ark-type church. And Noah's ark was there to, to redeem and to save who was on board. And that's the call of us. There's this urgency of actually... Come on, he has a saving knowledge of Christ. He has the life that he gives. He has the love that he gives. It's not going to be easy, but we're going to strive in a, with a purposeful life, and we're going to be able to be fulfilled by the presence of God. Come on board, because it's eternal. It's not just this world. And you have problems here, yes, but it's an eternal prize that we are after. It's the, it's the reward of bringing people into Christ. There's a reward of just saving lives. And I think one day when we look back, 
God is going to be so, oh, you know what? You changed that person's life for eternity, not just for, this, not just for his present situation. You changed his life for eternity. You changed his son's life. You changed his mother's life. You changed the, the five generations after his life. And there's a power and a call that God is calling us to in this, in this time. So in Colossians 3, it speaks about, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. And I love that. It's just that set your life, set your sights on things that are above. Set your purposes on things that are above. And he also he speaks about set your things on Christ who is at the right hand of the Father. And later on it talks about us being at the right hand of the Father. Why? Because we are in Christ. That's our position. That's where we operate from, at the right hand of Christ. And it really is powerful. If we grasp our position and our authority and the stuff that we can walk through, we can start doing things like Jesus did. We can start taking ground like Jesus did. And that's the call of our great commission. That's the call of us as a church is to make an impact into people's life for eternity. And something which we need to understand, if we are ever going to operate from this place, a, a, a lesson for us is found in Joshua. Now, the book of Joshua in this context, the beginning of Joshua just talks about how Joshua is taking over from Moses. So Moses has led the people onto the brink of the promised land, and he's almost had Joshua as a mentor for a while. And Joshua now has, given the, has been given the task to take the people into the promised land. Moses has died, and the mantle now falls on him to take it forward. And Joshua is in conversation, and I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but God is, God is speaking to Joshua and he's saying, Joshua, the road you are on, the road you are going, you've never been there before. The things you are going to experience, you've never experienced before. The stuff you're going to do, the stuff that you're going to walk through, it's uncharted territory. It's stuff that, that you, you, you won't be equipped, you're not currently equipped in. That's why you're going to need me. And before he does that, before he can go, in Joshua 3, he says, Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And what does consecration mean? What does consecrate mean? And quite simply, it means to be set apart for God. It means to be set apart. Israel was always supposed to be a set-apart nation. And it's a very similar word in Hebrew and Greek to the word holy. It means to be set apart, it means, what is God saying here? He's saying, set yourself apart for him. Remove the barriers that you currently have to me. God could only presence himself with the Israelites over a certain course of religious duties. But here he's saying, cleanse yourself. Remove the sin from your camp. Remove the idols. Remove the barriers so that I can do wonders, wonders within you. And the Old Testament reality is in Leviticus, there were 16 chapters of how God outlined, you need to be right with me through these things. The temporary covering of 
rituals, offerings, religious officials, priests, reasons for the sacrifice, understanding of their uncleanness, uncleanliness. And then finally, in chapter 16, their repentance and their redemption and their restoration, the day of atonement of how they got right with God for that moment so that God could presence himself in that time. And the new context is still applicable for us. Here's Jesus who's fulfilled that complete consecration process. He's fulfilled the law that they had to do. He's made it right. That whole thing was picture as a picture to Jesus fulfilling the sacrifice that was needed so that we can enter into it. But here's the thing. God has given us access. It's our responsibility to access. What's the point of having access if we don't access? And you know what happens? We forget that actually we need to consecrate some of ourselves. We need to consecrate some of the things in our life to God. We need to set apart our life for God so that we can access God in this area. Because without us having the situation where we access, what's the point of him going through all these things? If we're going to struggle through life without having the power that comes through accessing God. And he's pretty much saying to us the same thing he said to Israel. Remove the barriers in your life. Remove the things which are stopping you from getting into me. The distractions. Connect with me in the way that I want you to connect with me. Spend time. Have, have it as a prize that I'm going to spend time with you. And what does that do? It starts helping us become like Jesus. That, that's the goal of us as Christians is we become like Jesus so that we can bring heaven to earth. And it's removing the sin. It's removing the stuff that actually I know God doesn't want for my life. It's removing, it's, it's repenting of the stuff that I've put in an idols as above him. Okay, this is more important because this is what I'm chasing after. It's checking yourself. Where am I to this great call of God? And you know what? Once we start understanding and saying, God, have your way in us, we start becoming holy and submitted to him. We start consecrating ourselves for his purposes and we become set apart and God can then have access to speak to us. And then what do we do? We obey. And by obeying, the Lord said, the Lord will do wonders among you. And just look at Joshua. Just look at the story of Joshua. Straight after they consecrate themselves, he gets to the river Jordan. It parts the same way as the Dead Sea parted. It parts. They walk through on dry land. They get to the first, first city they get to, which they had terrible reports of many years earlier. They get to the first city, which is an unconquerable city. Huge walls. They've got, nothing, they've got no real equipment to actually win this battle. But here God says, God delivers the city. God delivers the unconquerable city with trumpets. He does the impossible. He removes the stronghold. And that's what he wants to do in your life. He wants to remove the strongholds which you feel that you're unequipped to do. And that's the way we get it. We consecrate ourselves to hear from God so that we can remove the things in our life that we need help to do. He makes the impossible possible. And that's the good news of the gospel is actually Jesus is inside me. I've got the presence of God inside of me so that I can stand in a place of absolute righteousness and I can speak things out with authority that he's given to me. And I can tell things to just, I can tell things as it is and bring God's purpose into places. So consecration really is, is about preparing 
It's just preparing. Uh, as a crick, I'm involved in cricket, and if we've got a big event coming up in in six to twelve um, twelve months time, we go through a process of preparing. Okay, how are we going to become successful? At that time, how are we, what, are, what things are we going to have to put in place? What tours are we going to have to What conditions are we going to have to need to, to master in order to be successful in that? And that's the same as our Christian life. Is we've got to look at the big picture and say, actually, I need to be more effective for God. I need to know that when things come against me, I'm equipped for battle. And God is saying, what are the stuff that you can do and you can put in place now Maybe when you don't have a battle, what are the stuff that you can put in place now where you connect with God so he can reveal some of the stuff in you? And that's what maturity is. Maturity is about growing in God so you get to the real meaty stuff of God so that you can stand on it, stand on the word of God and some of the truths that he has for you. As a foundation, just know that I am so loved by God and that no matter what I'm walking through, God is with me in it. And if you have that mindset, you can find peace. As Jesus said earlier, you can find peace. Peace will be your strength. Just no matter what, you, what, you, what you're walking through, peace can be your strength. I'm not saying don't fight for that, but there's a peace that comes for that. So can I get the band up, please? So what do, consecrating ourselves, really, what does it do on top of preparing, on top of all those things? Consecrating ourselves really puts some armor on us. It puts the armor of God on us. We start clothing ourselves in righteousness. We start clothing ourselves in the, the stuff that God wants to be, us to be clothed in. Ephesians 6 talks about, Finally, be strong in the Lord. And in His mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand then, firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith which, can, which you can distinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And really, that is just reminding us that God is wanting us to be equipped for the battle. God is wanting us to, to, to put things in, our, in place for the plans and purposes He has because He knows we're going to walk through stuff. And He really wants us to be in a place where we are positioned and equipped in Him. And I... I really am not, not discounting that there are huge mountains, there are huge troubles, there are huge things that people have to face. I'm not discounting that importance. God's not discounting that, import, uh, that importance. He, he's calling us to have victory in, in, in these things. 
But he's saying, lift your eyes to my purposes. Lift your eyes. Seek first my kingdom. Seek, seek first my righteousness. And the rest will be given. There's that change of focus that's needed. And sometimes the devil just likes to get us completely trapped in our own battles. Actually, my Christian walk is, I'm battling this thing, battling this thing. Oh, no, 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 I'm battling this thing, battling this thing. Without lifting our eyes. And actually, these battles are temporary. The big battle is for eternity. The big battle is for God. And these things get sorted somehow in that big picture. And I really want us to start in that situation. I think God is so tired of us talking to Him about our mountains. And I think what He's calling us to do is is start talking to the mountains about our God. Start talking to the mountains about who our God is in this situation, who we are in this situation through Jesus. You see, that's the position we're in. That's where we get to have the absolute power of God. You see, in summary, blood is shed when taking ground. Jesus' blood has been shed, and we get to co-labor with God and His purpose. We're positioned in righteousness, and we're positioned in a conquering victory. You see, we seek first His kingdom. We lift our eyes above our battles and focus on His battle, and so often we will find that our battles are sorted somehow. We consecrate ourselves for Him. We set apart our lives. Why? So that He can do wonders through us. So that He can do massive wonders and make eternal lives. It, it just make eternity different for people. Amen. In the first service, we really felt like there were people. Can we stand up, please? We're going to sing a song, but we really felt like people were walking through some stuff and, and needed that supernatural peace of Jesus. You needed that that absolute peace. Yes, I'm walking through things, but I need a bit of touch from God. I need God to remind me about His peace, that actually I can have peace through what I'm walking through. So as we worship, just come forward and we just just declare to God that He is a bigger God than the stuff we're walking through. He is a bigger God than the stuff and it brings supernatural peace. You may be going through a variety of different things, but just be open enough to say, God, I know you've got this. God, I know you are bigger than this in my life. Amen.